Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Charity Stripe on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are live on the Charity Stripe Podcast with your hosts, Alex, Josh, and Nick. We're back, baby. It's the Daily Stripe. Tuesday, January 31st, the last day of January. Is, mm-hmm. Do you guys like the last day better or do you like the first day better of the month? Um, well, I'm, January is interesting because it's the beginning of the year right. as well. Mm-hmm. I, for this specific month, I'm a first day of the month kind okay. of guy. Okay, cool. I think for most months, I'm a first day of the month kind of guy. But anyway, I'm Nikki Snacks, Schreider, Joshua Fisher, Alexander Tosopoulos. We had a viral tweet from one of our... Um, hosts, Rel Myers of Pels and Whistles, yeah. posted on the Believe Twitter, and she talked about the top 10, or she made her list of the top 10 shooters in the NBA. So we want to continue that discussion. She and got a lot of heat. She got a lot of heat. She had LeBron on there uh, in the top five. A lot of people number had, three. A lot of people had some top issues three. with that. Yep. She had your boy Luca in there. Yeah, you think he was number six? Uh, had your had your boy Jason Tatum in there? Well, let's not rag too much on her list. Let's get sure. her own list. Well, we're gonna we're gonna put Rel's list up just so you can see it right now. Take a peek at it. Take a gander. Uh, don't get too upset, but bottle that anger up and then explode later on in your life. Right. <laughs> well, you guys can rectify <laughs> really this for us right now. <laughs> really healthy advice. Um, you want you want our list? Yeah, rectify All right. it. All right. I think can we agree that she has it right though. The first two, Steph and yeah. Katie. Yes, Steph, Katie, for sure. Well, let's let's talk about like the parameters of the list and like how we came up with our list. Are we talking? We're not talking about like best shooters of all time. We're talking no. about best shooters in the NBA right now. Right now, with a few of the guys, some of their historical records and/or pedigree comes into play. Yes, I think we're going to unfairly use that to whatever argument we want to make. For me, I, <laughs> I'm it was it was a combination of like okay, who's shooting the ball the best? Point blank. Yeah. And who has the toughest shots? Sure. Like, and not, and that doesn't mean like a guy like Luca, who she had on her list, he shoots almost better than anyone in the in the NBA in the paint. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't really count, right? Like we're no. talking about we're talking about mid range. We're talking about catch and shoot. We're talking well, it's about not scores. Right. It's not scores. We're talking about three pointers. We're talking about deep deep range threes. Yeah. Off threes off the dribble, pick and pop guys. Like, yeah, we're talking about shooters. Mm-hmm. It's tough. It's yeah. a tough list to make. So I had Steph and Clay. Who was your number three? Uh, Steph is my number one. Clay is not my number two. Sorry, KD. Is that what I said, Clay? You said Clay. KD is my number two. Okay, I have Steph and KD. Sorry. Okay. And a, a couple of the comments on there were poo pooing that she had KD at two, but KD is the best mid range shooter in the NBA, and his the toughness of every shot that he takes is unquestionably higher than any other player in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And he hits still at a really, really good clip from mid-range and three-pointers. So I, we're, we're lockstep right there. Number one and two, both Steph and Kevin Durant. Number three, who's that for you? Dame. Dame. Okay, who's not shooting quite as well as he typically does from three? To me, it's one of those things where when he's fully healthy, mm-hmm. which we haven't seen in his totality this season. Yeah. He's missed time. A little bit. You don't score 60 points by accident. 
He's done it three times in his career. You and really need to be balling. Too. Limitless range. Yeah. You need to really, as far as guy, I want the ball in the, I want the ball in his hands, pulling up, ripping and gripping. Like Dame Lillard might be the number three, just shooter. Cool. I'm not saying score, not saying like versatility. I'm saying purebred shooter. He's probably in my number three. Okay. You keep going with your list and then I'll, I'll finish off my list. Okay. My list. Well, before you, before you continue with number four, do you think deep range that Dame is better than Steph? Because a lot of people have said that in, in no, past. No, 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 no. Me too. No, me, no. me neither. Me neither. I'm, I'm the best shooter yeah, ever. Steph. Yeah. Okay. okay. Then it gets like a little like I have an and one on my list because I know we're giving top ten. I have an and one. I'll just give you the rest of my list. And this is just based off this year. Go for it. Spider at number four. Okay. Larry Markin at number five. Kyrie six. Buddy seven. Clay eight. Tatum nine. Desmond Bain ten. And my and one. Paul George. PG, who is also PJ. Dealt with a little bit of uh, a couple of injuries. He's been he, in and out of the lineup. Laurie Markkinen at five, I shooting mean, like 43%. He's shooting f- plus he said over 153s this season. I mean, it's. If it's certain guys are like, okay, they're shooting 40 something percent. Mans is hot. Short, shooting 40%, 47% from three. And then you go to their field, entire field goal percentage, and it's pretty similar. Right. right? Markkinen is like 40 something from three, and then 50 something. So he's, his ability to hit from anywhere, he's so tough to guard. Well, he is leading the NBA, in, or at least he's top three in dunks in the NBA. Yes, he's up there in dunks, but he's, it's not just like a— it's not, That's a 100% field goal it is shot right there. Talk he, about doing it all. Yeah. He, but he, his ability to hit from really anywhere on the court, he's stroking it from three. He's been the best player by far on this Jazz team. That's shockingly 500. Let's call it how it is. Yeah. No one anticipated—we thought, we thought they were going to suck. Like, we thought there would be a bottom five team, no question. And they're, as it stands right now, 500 in the playoff hunt. And it's strictly... Not to mention all the first-round picks they player. got from the Minnesota Timberwolves, who are a worse team than them right I mean, now. That's so no, good. I think the Timberwolves have... They're, have they're, they now... Yeah. It's close, though. It's close. The And they will surpass them. But, like, the way Walker Kessler has been playing, like, and, and that overall trade with Rudy Gobert, like, it, it's a pretty unbelievable deal what they were, what they were able to do. Yep. Uh, who else don't you like there? Don't I like? And I'd spite a four UK with that. I'm totally cool with that. Kyrie I actually, six, you probably thought maybe that's too low. I think Kyrie, a similar um, comparison to Kevin Durant, is excellent from the mid-range. His dribble pull-up is might might be one of the best in the league. Um, and the way that he shoots is just so pure. It's Nobody's just, talking about him, and you know that means he's been playing unbelievably well. He's an all-star starter. And he's for me, he's a top five. He's an he's a top five starter in aesthetic. Like NBA aesthetic, guys that I just like watching visually, like play. Dribble, pass. How he, yeah, I mean, it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, I think I'm only differing on two guys. So my number three, I, the reason why I don't have, I don't mind Spida at four for you is because I have him number three, actually. Okay, great. I think that off the dribble, um, off the screen, Spida might be the best shooter in the NBA. Um, he's not as good of a catch-and-shoot guy as Steph is, but when he gets a big man who screens for him, I know Dame is great at doing that, but right now I think Donovan is a better shooter in that situation. Um, his shot is so quick, and it's just buttery, man. Uh, number four, I have Kyrie. Number five, I have Buddy Heald. Worth mentioning that he leads the NBA in three-point field goals made this season. We also we got to watch him in college. And Probably the best shooter I've seen in college. Yeah, I, and he can do it from player. the he can do it from the mid range. He can do catch and shoot from three off of movement. Another uh, team that's kind of surprising. Yeah, certainly. Um, number six, I have Clay. Number seven, I have Dame. Number eight, I have Bojan Bogdanovic, who's 
shooting tremendously well. Very tough to argue that. Yeah, I mean, over he's like 40%. Arguably, he's like arguably like we. Everyone loves to throw these like DeRozan, Beal, Lowry, um, who am I, Levine, like all these guys out to be traded. But realistically, the hottest commodity in the market right now is yeah. probably Bogdanovich, Troy Weaver, Pistons GM, smart guy, smart I, signing, unbelievable. That's the. It's one of the best moves to make, in my opinion. Is if you're a struggling team, throw a little extra dollar, but try to get a fair price for a guy that you know that's gonna jack up, could potentially jack Come up. Come trade value, deadline, yeah. you can get more and then assets. You can get first round picks yeah. back from like they've totally like schemed yeah. the system that way. Hundred percent. And then number nine, I have your guy Lori Markinen. And number ten, um, so I have so I have three uh duos as far as three uh groups of, of two guys from the same team. So I've got Stephen Clay, Kyrie and KD, and then I have Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland as my number 10. Darius Garland's shooting over 40% from three. He's made over 143 pointers. Like when I looked at it, I was like, how many threes have these guys hit in the season? Yeah. How many threes are they shooting? And if they're shooting a high volume and that's they're, and they're shooting like. at a 40% plus rate, that's a great shooter to me. That's how I, I, I had it pulled up. I go, who's making the most three pointers per game? Yeah. But also, like, what's their clip at? And right. Heald has been fantastic, as has Steph. And Markinen's shooting the best out of all those guys from a percentage standpoint. Uh, Desmond Bain is the guy that I had in there. Yeah, well. I think he's like my and one probably. But he's he a, just also is. He, like, missed, he missed some time. It, it, inversely to what I was saying before, his difficulty of shot comparatively to a lot of the guys we've listed. It's a lot easier. No, no knock on him. Like he's well, like, jaw demands a lot of attention. He's a su- yeah. he. He's like an ant. He's like a fringe all star, honestly. Yeah. He, um, I thought you know. I thought you're. I thought you were gonna give my boy some love as like a duo because you said Buddy Hield. My like and one and one. Tyrese Halliburton. Yeah. I mean, he's a he's a great shooter. Doesn't look pretty. Do you have an and one? Uh, my and one is probably Desmond Bain. Okay. But there's our list. We'll put them up right here on the screen. Let us know what you think. Do we get it right? Were we better than Rel? Were we worse than Rel? Let us know. Let us know. Yeah, let us know. Okay. I want to make a hard pivot here. Go ahead. Nick. Yeah. You are a LA Chargers fan. <laughs> you were a diehard San Diego Chargers fan. Chargers moved from San Diego to LA. Right. You are now an LA Chargers fan. You love Justin Herbert. Um, this team didn't do exactly what you wanted them to do this year, but they did get some valuable playoff experience. So they lose their offensive coordinator, but they bring one in really, really quickly. As soon as Kellen Moore has a mutual parting of ways with the Dallas Cowboys, the LA Chargers swoop in and pick him up. What do you think of this? Well, they probably already knew that that was their guy before he made the, the move over. He probably informed Dallas, hey, I'm going to take the job in, in LA, and we'll just let bygones be bygones. Yeah. I think for Dallas, they're looking for a scapegoat, right? And maybe Kellen Moore's the scapegoat to, to like the struggles of Dak and just McCarthy in general. So let's see if they can hit the reset button, get a new offensive coordinator in there. And if it doesn't work, then maybe you're asking, okay, is McCarthy the guy? Do we need to move on from Dak? In the Chargers situation, they interviewed a lot of different guys. I honestly don't know like who the best option could have been. I mean, it would have been cool to get Frank Reich, but he obviously got the head coaching job in Carolina. Yeah. Um, look, Kellen Moore is not the worst option that we could have gotten by any means, but it's still not like the sexiest of moves in my opinion. The only way that this really works out in my eyes is if the Chargers go out and get a true running back number one, right? They use, they use Austin Eckler way too much in my opinion. He's great. He's a great, you know, 
utility guy, a receiving back. I mean, he had over 100 receptions this season. He literally set a single-season franchise record in receptions this season alone as a running back for any position on the Chargers. Um, and that's, you don't really want to see that, right? You want a guy who can carry the ball 25, 20-plus carries and go for over 100, 150 yards a game. And we have not had someone really like that in a very long time. Melvin Gordon a little bit, then Ryan Matthews, or before that, Ryan Matthews, LaDainian Thompson. But look, he was pretty there's good. a really, really vast market of, of running backs yeah. in the free agency right now. We'll see if they want to spend money. They don't have a huge budget. Or they can look to the draft, not something I'm really fond of doing, taking a running back in the first round. But our guy, Bijan Robinson, highest drafted or highest um, rated prospect in a lot of different boards, no, no matter what position it is, um, he's probably going to go within the top 20. So if the Chargers really want him, they're going to have to move up to go ahead and get him. Um, I think that's really the only way that this offense works is if they get the run game going because I, that's Kellen Moore's bread and butter. I like thinking about what I saw in that AFC Championship game. I know I'm wearing this Bengals jersey. I'm a huge Jamar Chase fan. Thank you guys for the jersey. Appreciate it. Uh, but what Patrick <laughs> Mahomes was able to do when he was hurt and he wasn't as mobile as he typically is, utilizing Pacheco and McKinnon in the backfield at the same time. Yeah. Right? And if you can get, for Justin Herbert, multiple safety valves, I think the tight end position is still something they liked. What Gerald Everett yeah. did this year, but obviously, Michael I, Mayer made from Notre Dame. Yeah, like I, I think they, could, I think they could update. I think they could upgrade there, though. I think they could upgrade. But I just I, all that to say, like Eckler will still very much be a cornerstone of this offense. Oh, sure. But you can add so much more and so much more pressure off of Justin Herbert by giving him a running back that can run between the tackles consistently. Look, I I love. Austin Eckler. We've had him on our show, and he even said himself that, like, he's a little guy, so he needs to be careful of his management, right, of, like, right. not taking big hits every single play. So he understands that, too. I, I don't think he would mind sharing, back, sharing a running back room with a guy like B. John Robinson or someone else. I mean, keeps him healthier, you know, gives him much-needed rest. Yeah. Putting him in on third downs, I mean, where he's actually the most successful. I mean, he's going to get his regardless. There's plenty of teams in the NFL that utilize two running backs in a good way. The Cal Cowboys are just right. one of them right there. Could guys become available in trade? Like, Oh, yeah. I, I think the Chargers are going to do a lot this year to try to clear up some cap space. I think you can look at Keenan Allen to potentially be, get moved. You can look at maybe Mike Williams to get moved. One of the two. You might be able to look at Joey Bosa to get moved just because of his injury history and how much he's owed and – you know, of course, like there's so much off the field stuff. Yeah, did you see him don't... clap back at that yeah. fan at the game? Yeah, so you want to um, get rid of Mike Willink or one of them? I, I'm not saying I want to. I'm, I'm just I'm... saying that, like, that's something that I think the franchise would be looking into. Look, when it comes to the Chargers, when it comes to the very, very top, I've learned over the years of Washington, there's no loyalty. There's really, like, Eric Weddle put his heart, his soul, his entire life into the Chargers organization. And the last game of the season for him, I think it was at. Qualcomm or something they knew that they weren't going to resign him that he wanted to extend with them and they never wanted to extend him they didn't want to have the discussion and his daughter or something was performing in the halftime performance and he decided to stay out on the field and watch her perform instead of go to the locker room it's the last game of the season meaningless game as well they weren't going to the playoffs and um, I think they I think they said something like we're not taking you to – I forget what it was. They either find him or they basically, like, didn't take him with – didn't take him with them to the next game on the road. Hmm. Like, they did that him does sound familiar. I forget what it yeah, was, it was, but it was weird. It was something weird like that where Eric Weddle had literally played for the organization for, like, eight years, right, and, like, sold so many jerseys and was a fan favorite to the city. And Great they were player. like, you know what, screw you. 
Swack. What so loyalty is, is not something that is, is you know. So they can't make a splash? In, in the Chargers organization. They can't make a splash in the reverse? Like, it, what if Kamara's available? What if Derrick Henry's... Is it crazy that Derrick yeah, Henry can know, be if, available? If I'm being honest, like, I think Kamara and Eckler are a little bit redundant. You know, like, I want a guy... Like, Kamara's amazing. I mean, he's a great running back, but look, I want a guy who is, like, a bruiser. A Bijan, a Derrick Henry, sure, whatever, but I don't think they're going to make that move. Yeah. If the Titans lose out in one of the... If they don't get Carr, if they don't get Brady, if they don't get Rodgers... Right, so let's say Tom either stays in Tampa or goes to Vegas. Let's say Rogers stays in Green Bay or goes to the Jets. Let's say Carr goes to the Panthers or goes to the Commanders. So all of a sudden, you're, you know, one of these teams like the Titans. You're kind of got to. At what point do you have to like say thanks but no thanks to Ryan Tannehill and restart this thing? You have the head coach, right? Yeah. You can maybe get a good value for Derrick Henry. The Chargers can use him. The only thing is, is like we're saying, is that cap space is, is something to be you know worried about. So going out and getting a, a guy on a rookie deal like Bijan, it's more financially beneficial to the Chargers, right? Would you swap Bosa for Henry? Of, say what? Would you swap Bosa for Henry? Um, I think they'd have to throw a pick in there as well. I think Bosa's value is a little bit higher than Henry's. Not by a lot. It's an interesting thought, though. Not by a lot, but... Given Bose's injuries, a def, like it would be more valuable if, if it wasn't for how many injuries he has. So personnel decisions to be made, certainly. Just you as a Chargers fan and this move, you feel better with Kellen Moore at the OC position than you do with Lombardi. Oh, God. Well, Lombardi was a train wreck. Yeah. I mean, I feel, feel better if Josh was the offensive coordinator. Well, it's, Call a good game. You know, yeah. it's, an interesting, it's an interesting move as well because – you know, outside looking in, a lot of people thought that there was a lot of heat on Staley and that after losing that playoff game and, and that, that terrible um, crumbling in the playoff game against the Jags and that come-from-behind victory, that Staley was potentially going to get fired. If it happens again, something uh, similar, you know, now you've got Kellen Moore who, for the last two years, people have been saying, oh, this is a guy who's primed for a head coaching position, which... Cowboys fan, I was never buying into that. I needed to see more, and he's a really, really young guy. I get it. We get enamored with these offensive gurus. Um, but who knows? Maybe that's kind of a, a move that they made with yeah. some intention behind it. The one thing I will say about Kellen Moore is that he played. He was, I mean, he was an NFL quarterback, you know, and he played at Boise State for a while, right? He's one of, one of the best college quarterbacks Yeah, yeah, yeah we, he's great. We saw. So, like, Herbert can really relate to a guy like that. Yeah. He can't really relate to a Lombardi who didn't really play in the NFL – Kellen Moore, he is young. He needs to, you know, mature as well. And I think this could be a good duo to grow up together a little bit. I think that was a tough – I think Kellen Moore was in a very tough situation in Dallas. Luckily, the the young guys in the Dallas offensive line stepped up massively this year, but they lose Smith early, right? Gallup didn't come back till like, midseason. They they got rid of Cooper. Jalen Talbert, the guy they drafted in the third round, didn't really play. So, all of a sudden, the Cowboys – their tight end room is pretty solid. Their running back room is obviously good. But outside of C.D. Lamb, their receiving group was a massive step back yeah. for Kellen Moore. And Kellen Moore goes to a situation, let's say they don't trade these guys. You have Mike Will, you have Keenan, you have Palmer, a guy we really like. You have Everett. Like, they don't really need to go out and do anything. They could run with this this crew. And if they do go, okay, maybe you don't get Bijan, but if you can get Gibbs, you can get uh, Sean Tucker from Syracuse. I'm sure there's other guys I'm forgetting off the top of my head. Get some free agency. Yeah, someone in free. I mean, Josh Jacobs is going to be available. Like, we'll see what happens there. Yeah, you know, the the scoop away from the Raiders. 
you could be in a position where Kellen Moore could actually succeed, and you're right. Like, it, Brandon Staley better understand that he's breathing down his neck because there's thin ice, and there's, dude, you're swimming in the water. Like, that's yeah. where Brandon Staley's probably at, in my opinion, right now. 100%. He, if they lose their first two games of the season, he could be on the chopping block. Like, look how quickly the Panthers were with Matt Rule. Yeah. They, yeah. He was, he and was, they almost turned it around. They almost made the playoffs. Uh, he was borderline right. one done. <laughs> All right. Well, we will have more content for y'all later this week. But before we go, just one quick question for the two of you. The Australian Open just happened in tennis. Novak Djokovic now has 22 major championships. That is tied for the most with Rafael Nadal. The next major tennis championship is the French Open, which is played on clay. Notoriously, Nadal has been the best player on clay to ever pick up a racket. Mm -hmm. Who takes that lead? I think, this still, next I, I think the Joker. You think the Joker? Djokovic. Josh? Dude, I mean, talk about scripted. Right? All time. Yeah. I mean, they... For and the two end of, of May, to, by the way, that's when that tournament is. For the two... Uh, where where so is... We have a little bit of time. What a, what a shit. Where in France is it again? It's in France. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> I'm going to France. France. And, I'm going to France. I'm going there. It ends in May, like the back end of the, the 20s in May. Yeah, it's like late May, last weekend in May. Shucks, dude. I, I'm I'm going to be there. I'm going to be in Paris uh, in June uh, again. I, I honestly, I like the Joker. I love Nadal. Same. I hope Nadal takes it. I like it. Nadal to win it, and then I like Joker, Joker he'll get in there, Wimbledon to tie him back at 23. He'll and we're, get it again. Yeah, if you want to get on the action and try to win it as well, go to betonline.ag to put some money on those matchups or the Super Bowl or right. maybe even the flag football game that is going to be happening this weekend, <laughs> the Pro Bowl. And I want uh, to go to betonline.ag, use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V. And I'll leave it at the last question. We don't have to answer this right now. Have you ever seen a sport so top-heavy as tennis? Where it's just like same three dudes. F one, <laughs> yeah. F one in tennis and no. swimming, swimming, yeah, and running. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, yeah, Daily Stripe, Josh Fisher, Alexander Disopolis, Nikki Snacks, Kreider. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.